Hello and happy Friday once again. We're back with life up here. And today Vince is joining me. He needs no introduction. <laughs> He's a familiar face. We are going to be talking about counting the cost as well as freedom and responsibility. And we're even going to sneak in a little bit of the fear of the Lord because it's important in this conversation. So we hope that you've had a fantastic week leading up to today and your your Friday is just about to get better. I'm confident. <laughs> okay, so why is it so important that, that we talk about counting the cost? I, 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 we, we probably have belabored the point of David bringing the, the Ark. Well, I have anyway. Okay. I'll take the blame. I have belabored the point of David bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. And, you know, it was take two, right? The first time he didn't get it right. And, and people died. And because when you try to study the Ark, try to study the presence of God, people die. Anyway, that's a more an unintentional warning. Don't study the presence of God. That's foolish. Um, but the second time around, you know, he had a better plan and, and it was a plan that honored what it was that he was carrying. And, and we know in that, that there was a cadence, there was a rhythm that he was, he was tuned into where he, you know, he would take, they would, I mean, we're talking about more than just David here. Like this is a, this is a, a whole thing that's going on. And um, they would all stop every six steps and sacrifice a bull. Listen, we're not talking about the dove sacrifices here. We're talking about bulls. They would sacrifice a bull. Do you know how long this would have taken I mean, this is, this is crazy because it's not just like, I'm going to kill this thing. There's a whole detailed way of sacrificing an animal that is actually honoring to the Lord. It's, it's in a, in a way, in a heart, in a, a frame of being that, um, that is pleasing to him. So it wasn't without thought and it wasn't without bowing his heart low before the Lord to be able to offer him the sacrifice. So before we think that it was just about cadence, that it was just about six steps dead, six steps dead, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's more than that. They, they stopped every six steps to, to offer worth unto the Lord. And that is, it's intimidating and it is beautiful and it is right. And, and so these are the things that we're called to do is to count the cost. Like, what is this going to cost me? And, um, there's a spot in, um, second Samuel chapter 24 that I want to read because it is just so good. And um, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but you should. You should go back and read the whole chapter. This is when, um, in one of my Bibles at home, the translation that I have at home, it um, the 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 uh, subtitle for for that section was David's last sin. <laughs> David decided to take a census of um, his military. He wanted to know how many men he had, and he wanted it broke down and where they came from and, and, and all of that. And this was not pleasing to the Lord. And um, in, in verse 24, we're in chapter 24 of 2 Samuel, 
verse 24. And again, I, maybe I won't read it. Maybe I'll just tell you about it. Um, David had three options for his sin. You know, for whatever reason, God came at him with options. He had choices of of what the the consequence would be of his actions. And, you know, my flesh does not like this part of the story where it's like, you know, God, the punisher has come and and he's offering up three different choices. And and David's response to this is just absolutely telling of his relationship with the father, he was like, let me fall into the hands of the Lord and not man. And, and what a response. Can we say that of ourselves or are we still playing the hide and seek game that Adam and Eve entered into when, when sin arrived on the scene, right? David sins and he turns and faces God. He doesn't run and hide. He doesn't allow a shame spiral to come in and take over. He simply says, out of all three of these choices, give me the one that puts me in the hands of the Lord. My God, that's trust. That, And we can even see the, the essence of the fear of the Lord. Like the fear of the Lord isn't about being afraid of him. And I think Vince has much to say on, on that. It's it, it's not that. Um, we were talking yesterday and we're like, man, I wish it wasn't called the fear of the Lord because it just gets kind of a bad rap because of that fear piece in there, but it's, it's, it's just rightly regarding and, and David rightly regarded and he fully trusted in God. And so that's his choice. Let me fall into the hands of the Lord, which meant that there would be a pestilence that was released. And, um, and he lost a lot of men that day. If, if he was keeping count, then he was going to need to do some serious subtraction because he lost a lot of his military that that day over that that time when the, the, this pestilence came and and um, harmed the land and the people. So you know our our, our actions do have consequences, and um, and and David was like, you know, God, what do you want? You know, I'll, I'll do anything at this point. And and David had a seer that was assigned to him and um, a prophet and the kind of the go between between David and God that he trusted to to bring him the word of the Lord and and he was told to go and and buy a a threshing floor to build an altar there to God and and offer him up a sacrifice um and and that this pestilence would end and um and so David goes and, and, and the man who owned the threshing floor comes down and he meets him. He bows low. He recognizes, you know, you are the king. You're King David. And, and whatever you want, you know, you can have. And, and, and this, is what, this is what David said. Um, and I cannot pronounce this guy's name. So, you know, whatever. The king answered. Well, we need to back up. Sorry. Um, why has my lord, the king, come to his servant? David replied, to buy the threshing floor from you in order to build an altar to the Lord so the plague on the people may be halted. Aruna said to David, my Lord, the king may take whatever he wants and offer it. Here are the oxen for a burnt offering and the threshing sledges and ox yokes for the wood. Your majesty, Aruna gives everything here to the king. Then he said, then he said to the king, may the Lord, your God, accept you. Then David answered him, no, I insist on buying it from you for a price, for I will not offer to the Lord my burnt 
the Lord, my God, burnt offerings that cost me nothing. And David bought it from him that day because he knew, he knew what, what God required of him. And that's like a big question that I have for us. Like, do we know what it is that God requires of us? And I loved I love the heart behind the story where David's like, I'm not offering him something that costs me nothing. And, and us, uh, like uh, unedited life as a ministry is in this time of kind of being rebooted and, and, and brought back to um, a space of really knowing very little about worship where God is like, do you even know what worship is? Do you even know what you hold in you? That's a worth to me. And, and, and these are the things that we need to evaluate and go like, are we offering him something that costs us nothing? And in one of our conversations yesterday, we're really examining this and, and realizing for the majority of us in the American church, we were born into, you know, rebirthed into compromise, into, into a space of tolerance, into a lifestyle of worship that costs us absolutely nothing. We, we show up on any given, um, uh, Sunday and, and all the work has been done for us. You know, even, even if we're on a, a worship team, we, we typically are just mimicking songs that have already been done and, and it costs us nothing to, to, I mean, outside of the, the learning the song or whatever, you know, I'm not saying that there's not minuscule price tags on it, but it, typically we enter into a space of worship, into a space of, of sacrifice. You know, it, it's, we bring a sacrifice of praise to the house of the Lord, right? That's, that's the idea. Like, are we bringing a sacrifice of praise? What does it cost us to do so? So with that, let's jump in. The first thing I, I want to kind of look at is, is you talked about steady in the presence of God when David was trying to first bring the ark in. And I, my, my thought is, is why would you want to steady the presence of God? You know, uh, I, I, we've talked about this briefly before we got on, but, you know, we love to put people in our own little preferential boxes and we do the same thing with God. And, and that's, that is steadying his presence because it doesn't uh, um, it doesn't make us comfortable sometimes because his presence can come in just so wildly and so out of out of our own um, way that we think it should be. We think it should be some kind of uh, um, pristine uh, performance. And, and you're you're speaking to the the performance aspect of church in uh, in our society and in our culture, and it's so polished and so perfect and yeah. so pretty, and we've got all the nice lights and smoke generators and all these things. And um, man, uh, that's just not how God comes in most of the time. It just comes in and kind of uh, looks at our little box and just kind of rips it apart. And yeah, we got, we've got to tap into our, our Miley Cyrus. He came in like a wrecking ball. Yeah. Uh, yeah, our own little our own little preferential boxes that we we love to put people in, and we love to put God in. He just kind of blows us apart. And I don't know why we'd want to steady that. Why would we want to to tamper down what it is He's trying to do, particularly in worship. Um, 
you know, his, if his throne is established on the praises of his people, why would you want to steady that and, and, and lay a foundation for his throne that is, is not solid and not shaky on half-hearted praise. And, um, and I think it speaks to, to the counting, of, counting the cost and, uh, by and large, I look at my own ability to count the cost of what it is he's asking me to do, uh, what it is he's showing me uh, to do or, or say, whatever that looks like. And uh, I mean, honestly, I suck at it. I suck at counting the cost. And, and I think overall, we all do. Yeah. We underestimate what it is he's asking us to do. And in the the compromise that you talked about or were born into in the American church, particularly, you know, has that, that cycle that follows along with it with, you know, we, we tolerate something because we've, we've started compromising and then we, we affirm it and say, yeah, okay, that's, that's okay. You know, I, maybe not for me, but for you, you know, you do you right. and, and your truth. So we're affirming it. Eventually that leads to, to more compromise and now we accept it. Okay, fine. That's okay. We'll, we'll just, you know, great. And then eventually you wind up adopting it. If you continue and compromise and you don't do uh, like David did and, and turn back to the Lord, you're going to wind up adopting that very thing. Yeah. And, and now you're going to be perpetuating this cycle of compromise to others and, and playing that hide and seek game uh, like Adam and Eve did. Right. And, and so we really have to be able to count the cost. And, and you know, the, the big thing that we have as Americans to offer up to God is our reputation. We hold that reputation so near and dear. Uh, uh, it is just our, our, our little pet thing that we just can't let go of. We just hold our reputation so tightly. What do people think of me? How are they going to perceive me? Well, if I act this way, they'll perceive me in this way. And we've talked about this over and over again and how trying to control somebody else's perception of you is simply witchcraft. You're trying yeah. to control their minds. You're trying to control what they think. Yeah. And, and if we give up reputation, that's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us uh, relationships. Uh, it, it may cost us uh, jobs. It, you know, there, there is a whole host of things that it could cost you to give up that reputation. Yeah. Is it worth it? I mean, absolutely. It absolutely is. Uh, uh, because, you know, and not, not about what you get, but about what you can do for the kingdom in giving up that reputation. Because others are going to start to see that. Yeah. And they're going to they're start to, to understand the fear of the Lord as regard for who he is, regard for uh, uh, what he can do. And so I really think, you know, we have to better understand what it means to count the cost. If we don't, you know, we're, we're just, we're going to continue to uh, uh, hold on to these little things that lead to compromise or, or excuse me, that are compromise. Right. And, you know, you're, you're not regarding God uh, rightly when you do that. Right. You, you yeah. said something yesterday, the, the, uh, the absence of the fear of the Lord breeds compromise. And so I, I think that's extremely important to take hold of. 
the absence of regarding God for who he really is, uh, is going to lead to compromise. And, and you can't be free if you're in compromise. You can't. And, and the thing is, is uh, like compromise, like I said, you know, the majority of us have been rebirthed into to compromise. You know, our salvation experience was into compromise by and large. I'm not saying that we haven't had moments of authenticity with the Lord, but by and large, there is a, a sense of compromise. And so it is something that's familiar for us. And it's going to be a difficult thing to overcome. And we're going to have to have that in sync step with the Lord, or we're going to miss it. And, um, you know, we've been talking a lot lately about being like God challenged us. Like I, I want a people that are capable of hosting a praise fest in the midst of opposition. Well, we can, we can all rally around something that, that sounds really great. And, but when the rubber meets the road, you know, when, when opposition is standing before you, we have cyclic behaviors that we just do. That's why it's called cyclic because it's something that has to be broken out of. And that's what compromise is for us. This time, am I going to turn and face the Lord like David did? Or am I going to fall into this old trapping of compromise that, that I always turn to? And um, I had I had the opportunity to to be in that space yesterday, and I felt myself. It was like, and I love these moments where where Holy Spirit slows things down enough for me to be very aware of what's happening, and that's so kind, right? Like it's His kindness we know that leads us to repentance. So this was a moment for me to be able to break out of a cyclic response to opposition. And, um, and I didn't want to do it. Can I just be super like transparent here? I didn't want to do it. It was the last thing that I wanted to do was turn and deal with this thing. You know, it's not just about turning and facing God. So I can have, you know, those, the, the goosebumps of, you know, his presence. It, it was work. It was contending for the promise that opposition is sit, sitting on. And, and, and so it was hard. And, and I found myself in a Walmart parking lot sobbing <laughs> before the Lord and just going like, I'm so sick of this. Like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to deal with this anymore. And um, but I also knew that the whining wasn't going to get me where he wanted me to go. And, and it was a massive challenge for me. It was just like, he was so in my face yesterday and was not going to let me just falter into what was familiar and comfortable because, you know, let's face it. We like to just stuff things down and be like, yeah, we'll deal with that later. Right. And, and sometimes we have to do that for a moment. Like I'm going to put this on hold and then deal it with it when, you know, I have the space to do so. And that, that was, that was my scenario yesterday. I was at work and, um, I, I couldn't like, I couldn't contend in that moment, rightly contend. And so I'm battling in my mind. And this is why you guys, we have got to have the mind of Christ. We have to, we've got to, and that's what David did, right? Like he carved out such a fantastic relationship with the Lord that he had actually the mind of Christ before it should have been available to him, which is fascinating to me. And so we can put that mind of Christ on and go like, 
I know what it is that you want me to do. Help me decide with you. And, and it was hard, but we can do hard things. You know, we can do hard things. And I can tell you that even though it was difficult to, to have to stand there and, and face this thing on the back side of it, there is a piece that, that I wouldn't have been able to experience. And, and honestly, what the Lord is wanting to do in these spaces of opposition, where we're contending, where we're offering him a praise anyway, in the face of this nasty, icky thing, right? Can we just call it what it is? Opposition isn't pretty. It's, it's, it's demonic and it's wicked. And, and, and we, we have what we have it in us the courage that it takes to go toe to toe with this thing and, and tell it where it belongs, you know, like bow low, like you're standing before royalty. And, and when we lift up praise, and I love that, that you, you brought in that, that portion of scripture, that's like, he takes up habitat, like he, like he makes his home where there is praise, where there is authentic praise. And, and it took help. I'm going to, I'm just laying this all out. So, you know, I, we need to know that it's possible. And this is what it took for me. I needed to call someone. I needed to be like, here's the deal. And it needed to be raw and it needed to be real. And I needed someone to be able to walk with me through this thing for the accountability. Cause I knew I would like utter a few cute little things and then just be on my way. And I knew that God wanted more from me, that there was, I needed a battle buddy. Can I say it that way? And, um, and, but what was so awesome was in the middle of this whole thing, I saw him pour out his kingdom like liquid and it came in and just offered a foundation it's like liquid cement almost. And, and I know that, that that's not what it was because it was other, but I don't have the words to describe it. But it was just like he was coming in. Be, and this is what happens when we do the things that he's called us to do, that we get to reap the reward of the first fruits of what he's doing now. And and so this, this liquid kingdom just came in under the whole thing. And, you know, then I'm not in compromise, but the enemy is. And that's what we want. We want to be able to turn the table and take back what is rightfully God's. So with that, I'll toss it back over to you. You know, the, <clears throat> the concept of, of calling somebody and getting your battle buddy in on this, um, it, I, I can't, I can't tell everybody how important that is, you know, uh, uh, being able to do that and have somebody uh, holding you accountable to the kingdom, holding you accountable to uh, who they know you to be. Yeah, It's just so significant to be able to walk through these things, to be able to rightly see what's going on mm-hmm. and, and, and be able to, like you said, turn those tables. It, it, it's, it's, something we we know we should be expecting is opposition opposition is just going to come naturally to us uh as citizens of the kingdom you know we have an enemy that is yes defeated however is still wanting to oppose us yeah and so we have to be be expecting those things 
And so when they come up and, and we feel like, oh my gosh, this is just so much. I, I just, I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. Pick up the phone. Yeah. Call that, that person. If you don't have that trusted person, you need to find one. Yeah. And, and you're not looking for someone that's going to coddle you, right? Right. That right. That's it's offensive. That's so, we should be so offended by that. When, when there are people in our lives that should be challenging us, you can do this. You have to do this. And um, it, 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 it's like our default is coddling that part of ourselves that is wanting to be weak. And that's not what we need. We need the people that are going to, you know, it's the, the, for me, it's the picture of well, the Aaron and her that stood on each side of, of Moses to, to help keep his hands lifted up because we know that it was a battle. This was a battle scene. And as long as Moses's arms were lifted up, Israel was going to win. But he got to moments of weakness because the battle was long and the battle was hard. And so those two men stood on each side of him to hold his arms up because they knew that the battle belonged to the Lord and that it was important to keep those hands lifted. They didn't compromise by siding with Moses' weakness. They stood strong and faithful and sided with the Lord and kept his arms in the air. And I can't even imagine. I mean, like even, even having somebody hold your arms up, you're still in fatigue and, mm -hmm. and you're mad that your arms are still, you know what I'm saying? It's like, we, we get these like grandiose fantasy ideas of what this is all about. And, and I think that we, we paint these wrong pictures of, mm -hmm. yes, I'm going to be one that can hold a praise fest in the midst of opposition. That's me. And, and we, we paint this picture of how beautiful and wonderful it's ugly and it's mm -hmm. bloody and it's horrifying and wonderful and, and, and right. And it's carving something out because the next time I come into a space where opposition is challenging me, it's still going to be hard, but there's already something carved out in me. So there won't be the initial struggle of, am I actually going to do this? And I just, you know, honestly, I felt like the Lord was like, daughter, like you're either going to practice what you preach or you're not. And it was kind of like, you know, do the things that you've been talking about. Do the things that I've revealed to you or shut up. And that's just it. Like we, we talk all day long and uh, Hey, Rolinda, it's good to see you. Um, we, we want the, um, it, we, we have this idea of professionalism and, uh, and the, the reality of being a kingdom person, a kingdom resident, an ambassador for Christ walking the earth, <laughs> it's not professional. It can't be like our idea of professionalism is, you know, wearing the suit and tie, right? Like doing the things, looking important and, and being able to, you know, cross off all the task lists in a day. And, and there is no such thing as professional Christianity. And, um, you know, I, I think I wrote in a, a comment last night to, to our, our people that like, you can either play Christian or you can be Christ-like there. That's, that's it. Like there are only two options and we have opted for this, this 
weird, ridiculous Christianity that is dressed up and looks like something, but there's nothing on the inside. And, and these are the things that, that we have got to rail against because it's compromise. And, and we've got to get out of the space of, of compromise. I, I want to read this, this other part of, hello, thank you for joining us. Um, this is in Haggai and it's, it's chapter two, like the entire book, both chapters are really fascinating. And, and I feel like they're telling for us today and, and we should really pay attention. And instead of saying, count the cost, Haggai says, think carefully about what it is that you're doing. Same. You know, it's the same, but I, I think that this poor. Is that I'm not, me? I'm not sure who was gone. Was that you or me? <laughs> because the screen went black. Well, we um, apologize. Guys, if if there was a glitch, <laughs> I just realized I was like, wait, she stopped talking. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, it might be me. I don't know. Um, anyway, we're in Haggai two, and I'm going to start in ten. On the twenty fourth day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai. This is what the Lord of Army says: Ask the priest for a ruling. If a man is carrying consecrated meat in the fold of his garment and it touches bread, stew, wine, oil, or any other food, does it become holy? The priests answered, no. Then Haggai asked, if someone defiled by contact with a corpse, is someone defiled by contact with a corpse, touches any of these, does it become defiled? The priests answered, it becomes defiled. Then Haggai replied, so is this people, and so is this nation before me. This is the Lord's declaration. And so is every work of their hands. Even what they offer there is defiled. And I think that we have got to look at these things and ask, Holy Spirit, examine me thoroughly. Examine me thoroughly. When John and I read a scripture last night that was talking, it was a Psalm and it was talking about the Lord examining us. And he's like, Oh gosh, no, don't do it. <laughs> kind of thing. And, but we need to, we need to be asking, search me. I don't want there to be anything defiling in me. And, um, and he goes on now from this day on, think carefully. Before one stone was placed on another in the Lord's temple, what state were you in? When someone came to a grain heap of 20 measures, it only accounted to 10. When one came to the wine press to dip 50 measures from that vat, it only amounted to 20. I struck you all the work of your hands with blight, mildew, and hail, but you didn't turn to me. This is the Lord's declaration. From this day on, think carefully from the 24th day of the ninth month, from the day the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid. Think carefully. Is there still seed left in the granary? The vine, the, the fig, the pomegranate, and the olive tree have not yet produced. But from this day on, I will bless you. And 
you guys, we have got to get this down. We think that we can do the work of the Lord in any old state. And we can't. He's basically telling the people, everything that you have put your hand to is defiled because you have been in compromise. You have you have failed to invite the fear of the Lord in, right? And I don't know about any of you, but when I have experienced the fear of the Lord entering into a space, it is distinct. You know that you have come face to face with the fear of the Lord and all you know to do is fall on your face. It, it And when we think about the scripture that says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, have we even tasted wisdom? If we are still in the space of the fear of the Lord is something that we can't hold upright. Have we even ever actually tasted the wisdom that he wants to release? I think it's a fair question. But we really need the examination of Holy Spirit right now because we need to know what it is that, that's in here that is affecting what we're doing with our hands day to day. We believe that we are building something of worth before the Lord. And I'm afraid that really is what he's saying is it's defiled. And he's basically calling these people corpses. It's like there's nothing of life, nothing of worth on the inside of you. So everything that you have touched has been defiled. And I don't want that to be said of us. At the end of our days, I don't want that to be the thing that the Lord says. So ask him to examine you now, to search you now, so that we can build in a way that is satisfying to him. Jump in. Uh the, the last thought that I have here on this is just to invite Holy Spirit into, into counting the cost or, or, or thinking carefully so you have a fuller picture in, in yeah. what you've been talking about, inviting him to examine you thoroughly. Um, I, wow. I, I just can't imagine. Uh, I, I can see how you would, you would joke, but no, don't do that because, you know, I, I might actually have some responsibility with that in, in this freedom that you're calling me into if you do that. Um, but it, it, it has to be done. You have yeah. to invite the examination. You have to invite him in to help you count the cost because you will uh, undercount what is required almost every time. Yeah. Because when we start to get into what is really required, it starts to look a little painful and it's hard to, to uh, self-examine at that point. So yeah. invite Holy Spirit into this. Right. And we can't rightly examine ourselves. We'll see what we want to see. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, we're so extreme. We either think that we're the best thing that God ever thought of <laughs> or that we're the worst of the worst, you know? Oh, no, I know. And <laughs> <laughs> all your brilliance. Yes. <laughs> So we, we have to have the eyes of the spirit looking, investigating us, investigate me, investigate me, God. And the thing is, is that we have to realize that part of that investigation, he's going to use those around us to sharpen us, right? Mm -hmm. There are things that have to be cut off 
of us in order for us to be able to ascend, to rightly ascend, to be able to offer him up anything of worth. And he uses people to do that. And that's where the offense wants to come in and, and target us and take us down. And we have got to realize that offense is actually revealing something that needs to be done away with. Mm-hmm. The awe and fear of the Lord is being refreshed in our hearts. Yes. Yeah. Holy Spirit is so willing to open our heart, our eyes and hearts. Yeah, I agree, Rolinda. He is. He's so willing. I think that he is just like so eager, so eager right now to 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 come in and cleanse us. I just think that's where we're at. You know, I know for us you know, here in the middle of Kansas, that um, we are, we are gearing up right now to move into building and, um, and like spiritually speaking, and, um, and, and that's what he's doing. Like he's, he's preparing us and that, that looks like a deep cleanse, you know, mm-hmm. that, that looks like ridding us of the things that, that don't need to go with us. And we talked about this, you know, we've got to know the difference between good and God, just because something, you know, is an attribute doesn't mean that it's something that needs to be carried into the next season. So we really need to be willing to, to travel light, so to speak. And, and, you know, have, have God remove the things that, that he doesn't intend for us to, to take with us into the season of, of building and partnering with him. Can you believe he trusts us and calls us his ambassadors? I mean, that's just like, I'm so humbled by that, mm-hmm. that, that he trusts us to that extent to build his kingdom on the earth. And I, I'm so thankful for the picture that he gave me last night of, of his liquid kingdom being poured out. I mean, it was just so profound that, you know, I, I think that I've got him figured out and cornered and how he's going to do the thing. And, and then he, he does things like that, where it's like all of a sudden, and it was just like this silvery substance, you know, that, that he was pouring out and yeah, his kingdom is like no other. And we should, really not try and um, think that we know <laughs> exactly how he's going to do a thing because the moment that we do, he's, he's, he's going to pull a fast one on us and reveal mm-hmm. something fantastic. And I want to be open and I want to be ready for that. So anything else you want to add before we say goodbye? All right. Yeah. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to, to step in and, and battle against the things that oppose your kingdom. And, and God, I, I thank you that you have chosen us as ambassadors to put your victory on display by being willing to go toe-to-toe with opposition, the things that come against the kingdom, the things that have held us in compromise for far too long. And so right now, in the name of Jesus, we break the back of compromise that has kept us at a standstill, that has kept us moving, roving around the wilderness, around the base of a mountain for far too long when you have created us to be those who ascend to the heights that you have made and prepared for us. So in the name of Jesus, I bless my friends with revelation of the purity of the kingdom and what it takes to offer something up to you that is of worth to your name. Father, we bless your name right now. In Jesus' name, amen. 
All right, friends. We'll see you on Sunday. Join us on Sunday. We're, you know, it's probably going to be a little out there and weird as we learn to toddle in what it is that God (laughs) is calling us to do. So yes, Rolinda, blessings on your your climb. Um, So join us on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Central Time. Bye.